You are listening to the Kinky Coach Podcast with Stephanie and Fox. Hey, Fox. Yeah? You've been a bad, bad boy. This show contains explicit content and is intended for mature audiences only. This is what happens when an innocent, successful mental health professional falls for a rugged, prior-deployed bad boy. You You get get one one hell of a ride. ride. So, today, Fox and I have a very special guest that I am excited that we got to bring in. We have uh, Jackie Melfi with us. And if you haven't heard of her, you guys are missing out. She is, um, her and John have been featured on the ABC News Nightline special report, Getting Naughty in New Orleans. In New Orleans. Orleans. Inside New uh, New Orleans Swingers (laughs) Convention. And the CNN, This is Life with Lisa Ling. Um, They have over 20 years of combined experience and they are the powerhouse of the Colette Swingers Clubs in New Orleans, Dallas, Houston, and Austin. And then the most recent that I think is amazing is Jackie was named the top influential woman in the swinging lifestyle by ASN Mag- Lifestyle Magazine. Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> That's so cool. help me welcome Jackie <laughs> to our show. How are you, ma'am? Well, hello, Stephanie and Fox. I am super excited for what we're going to talk about today. So yes, glad to be here. Thank you for for taking the time out to come in here and talk to us, or call in and talk to us. Um, one of the things that I really want to talk to you about is children and parents in the lifestyle, and to tell the kids or not to tell the kids. So you had a very interesting article um, that we found on your openlove101.com. And so I was just going to talk to you a little bit about that. And in that article, you stated that you told your kids when they were young adults, right? That's correct. Do you know, um, how did you choose the time to tell them? Well, I'll tell you a little bit of a backstory before I get to that. Um, John and I had reconnected after a 30-year hiatus. And so by the time we reconnected, My youngest was 17, and my oldest was, uh, I would put him at, like, 27. So, you know, they were all in varying stages of young adulthood. So that's what prompted the time frame in which I told them. Now, I had a little different situation than most people. Uh, John's livelihood was connected to swinging because he had the swinger clubs, Uh, So coming at it from more of like this is his business, in addition to something that we would be doing as a lifestyle choice, you know, I guess it gave me a little bit of a different leverage. Sure. Because, because, like I said, it was John's business. So I got to kind of attack it from a couple of different, a couple of different avenues. But, you know, had the kids... Had John and I reconnected and the kids had been much younger, you know, say grade school through the beginning of high school, I don't know that we would have discussed it had it not been his business, you know, because you're, you're dealing with, you know, the intimate part of your relationship with your partner. You know, how much are you going to be talking about that with your kids anyway? Right. Now, for instance, you know, we, we have two children, a son and a daughter, and I know that we decided to talked to my son about it early on. Um, he was about 16 and with him more so because, you know, he is a boy, he's more opt to be looking at porn and looking things up. And I don't believe in a household where we prevent them from doing anything. We educate them on every aspect of it and then allow them to make their own decision and hope they make the right decision. And then of course, a little bit of mom and dad pressure, Oh yes, uh, you know, to do the right thing and do the safe thing. More um, mom than dad, just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tend to push borders just a little bit sometimes and allow them to do a little bit more than Stephanie would like sometimes. But I also feel that if they don't 
learn to do it with us safely, then they're going to be out there doing it unsafely. And, you know, it'll negatively impact their life more than it will help them. So what mm-hmm. what is your opinion on what would be the earliest somebody should talk to the kids if they choose to talk to the kids about this in the first place? You know, I think as parents, we learn pretty quickly how our children communicate with us. And, you know, when they ask us questions, we'll know to answer age appropriately. You know, if a five-year-old comes to you and says, you know, mom and dad, where do kids, you know, where do babies come from? You may tailor your answer so that it's not quite as graphic or as detailed as it would be as opposed to your 16-year-old coming to you and asking you that. So, you know, I think as parents, uh, you know, I'd like to think the majority of us are smart enough to know what's going to be an age-appropriate response to, to information. I think 16 is a great age, 15. But, again, it's going to depend on the child and how curious they are. You know, we all know that once you have more than one child, you realize, hey, they're not all the same. Absolutely. They're, they're all very individual. What's going to work with one is not going to work with another one. You're going to have some kids that are super curious about what's going on and other ones that are super lax with with it. They just want, you know, mom and dad to be happy. They don't really care where the source of that is coming from. Other ones, they really want to know what's going on. So, you know, for John, like with, with my with my kids, my sons, they weren't all that interested in, in knowing what mom was doing. You know, it's kind of like putting your hands over your ears and la, 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 la. I don't mm-hmm. really need to know that mom. But my daughters were way more curious in knowing how my relationship was working and what it meant for me as a woman and and how that all panned out. And so, you know, my conversations with both of the the genders were, were different. Again, you know, it's hard for me to be able to say what would be a good age because the age my daughter was at 17 was the age I worked with. So I'm not really sure what I would have done different if I had been dealing with somebody younger than that. So when you talk, speaking of talking to the girls and the boys, of course the boys were more, okay, mom, whatever. And the, and the girls had questions. Um, were you prepared for the positive and negative outcomes for both conversations? And what did that look like? I was, you know, I think it's important to be prepared for both, for both sides. If you go in with an expectation that they're, that they're going to be one way or the other, you're going to get sideswiped and not be prepared you know, for me, I started off the conversation with something along the lines of, I know growing up, I taught you this about relationships and relationship models. And I did that because that's the only relationship model I knew of. But I have found that there's a plethora of relationship options out there. And it's important enough for me to let you know that you have these options. And that you can really tailor make a relationship to be whatever it is that you want to be, that you get to be in control of what that looks like. And so then that then gave me the next step to be able to move forward and say, and so this is what I have found out. And this is what I'm finding works for me, regardless of what other people think, how, how else they view it, what they say. You know, I have to be strong enough in my belief and, and my end goal that I can stand up against that with confidence. Because like I told them, you know, it's really important for you to be able to go out in life and say, this is who I am, instead of having society tell you who they think you should be. You know, that's really interesting because when I spoke to the kids about it, it was my son who was more interested and wanted to know how and why and and less of my daughter. She was more like, ew, okay, yeah. great. Don't want to, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Didn't want to know anything about <clears throat> right. it. But I wonder <laughs> if that's because it was coming from dad, right? And, right? and in your situation, it was coming from mom and it was the opposite. Now, I'm not saying that that's what it was, but I wonder if that has an effect for other people out there that are dealing with the question of, do we discuss this with our kids? Do we tell them, you know, because I know there's a great fear out there of what happens if our kids find out? What happens if they walk in on us having a conversation or overhear something or oversee something? Or see, yeah. Right. See us on our apps. And so I, I, what we're trying to do, I guess, today in this show is, is, is try and help everyone look at every different aspect and, and try and give them some knowledge and advice on do they have this conversation? Don't they? Is it right for them? 
when and how, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you touch on a really interesting point. It's important for the parents to make sure that they're on the same page or even understand themselves the dynamics of the relationship model that they've adopted and what that actually looks like to him, to them. You know, is this something long-term? Is this just something that we're trying out? You know, what, what does this look like? in this arena before we decide how in-depth to go in having a conversation with our kids about it. If parents get divorced and they start dating somebody new, they may wait a while before they introduce this other person to the kids until they know for sure if this is something that's going to be long-term or not. You know, it's, it's kind of that same base. What is this relationship model going to mean to us? And then how is that going to bleed down then to, to the kids? Yeah. And you said something that I think is so important just for anybody, any parent to be able to talk to their kids about the relationship model. It doesn't have to be one way. Your relationship can look several different ways. And I think that parents get so stuck in the monogamous, this is how it has to be. This is not natural if you're not heterosexual monogamous. And so being able to offer them another option and open up that conversation, I feel like really helps a kid's a, a teens who at whatever age you choose to do this, their mental health, because then they feel open and honest to come and talk to you. And they feel like, you know, I don't have to be ashamed of who I am. Oh, for sure. And that, and that has been the residual effect uh, that I've seen even with, with my own adult children, you know, as time goes on, they become more and more relaxed with talking to me about subjects that sometimes I find myself wanting to put my hands over my ears and do the la la la, mm-hmm. like, wow, yes. <laughs> yeah. am I ready to have this conversation with you? But by the same token, it's really cool. You know, this is the other thing. You know, most of us are raised under that strictly monogamous platform. So when we, when we branch out and adopt a more open relationship model or swinging model or poly or, you know, however you want to define it, there, there could be that element that we're doing something that doesn't fit within society. So there's, we can kind of um, place this negativity towards it, which then, of course, you know, uh, judgment follows that. So that can be a lot of fear of talking to our kids. You know, we, they're going to judge us. They're going to be negative. What are you doing? So it's, it's really vital to have a, a super positive impression of the relationship model that you've adopted. You know, we forget sometimes that we do this because it really has a lot of benefit to our relationship. You know, most people aren't going to adopt something that's going to have a negative effect on themselves or their partner or the relationship. So if you've adopted this and it's working, you need to capitalize on that. You need to let your kids know that this is so important to us and, and our relationship is so important to us that this is why we're doing this. We love the choice that we've made. We're not saying that you have to make it, but it's important that you know you have that available. You know, I think if we can, if we can be positive about what it is we've chosen to do, that feeds then our kids that same kind of mentality. You know, if you're going to be judged by your kids for what you're doing, you know, there may be something you need to, to look at in why that's happening. Your parenting skills. Just throwing exactly. that just throwing that out there. What are you just what mes- what message are you sending your children? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think for especially for us, being open I've we've always been open and honest with our, our children. Being in the profession that I'm in, I feel like it's vital. I never wanted to use pet names for any of our parts. It was always, we called it what it was. We just had, it was a penis and a vagina, and we just had a very open dialogue with our kids. Penis, penis, penis. Vagina, vagina, vagina. Yes. But I really feel like, especially in the region that we're in, in the South, it is so hard for people to have that open conversation and that open mentality for their kids because of what they're afraid society is going to do to them. Society is going to judge them. They're going to have such a negative outlook on life. Well, there's this belief that if we talk to our kids about sex, they're going to run out and have it. I know, right? (laughs) This is true. You know, and uh, so then it becomes, well, if, If our children are so hormonally out of control, then what is the safer option? 
that they go out completely ignorant and naive or that they go out with the tools to know what they're getting into. It's astounding to me how we say we want to protect our kids by keeping them ignorant. It it makes no sense to me. No, you bring up a good point because I know. So, for instance, with my son and our daughter at at her age now, and she just turned 13, but it's, you know, 13 is the new 16, 17. And mm-hmm. so we approached it the same. It was, hey, sex feels great. Hey, it's a lot of fun. Hey, you can get pregnant. Hey, there's STIs. Hey, there's other things to think about. Now that you have this knowledge, make good decisions. And they're, they're pretty both open with us. You know, luckily our son at college age has had one sexual partner mm-hmm. and been very open about it. They then they only slept together once. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm really, so I'm I'm really happy, you know. And it was this, this his decision of well, you educated me about it. I don't want to screw up my future, but I wanted to try it once to see what it was about. Now I did that. Now I'm going to hold off. And I, and I'll tell you right. where most men are like, oh, you know, you should be rooting for him to go spread a seed. That wasn't us at all. Mm-mm. I was super happy with his decision. I was really glad, you know, and luckily our daughter is the same. She's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> well, with her, I, I, of course, you approach the son and daughter completely different. With, with our daughter, I made sure to tell her when you're ready, whenever that time comes, I want you to come and talk to me about it first, because I'm the first question I'm going to ask you are, do you feel pressured? Are you being pressured to make this decision? If the answer is no, great. Let's talk about how we're going to do this safely. Just have that open dialogue. And I've had that with her for several years now, which people object because they think I shouldn't be talking about sex to my daughter. But I would much rather her come to me and feel comfortable saying, Mom, I think this is a decision that I'm ready to make, but I'm not sure. Can we talk about it a little bit more? Well, and I think the the more science that is, revealing itself in the last probably 10 years, maybe even just five years, about women's sexuality, we're finding that uh, in a lot of instances, women respond sexually to stimuli much more than men do. So this novel idea that we want to have that women aren't sexual beings compared to men is a fallacy. And so it is very important that this next generation of women know that they are they are just as sexual as men. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them if this sexuality that they're experiencing is anything other than normal. So them wanting to have sex is normal. No, I think that's a great point mm-hmm. to bring up because it especially ties in with everything we're talking about today. You know, do we talk to our kids about what we're doing sexually? And I think it's important that they understand their own sexuality and they're educated on it and have the knowledge, you know, so they also understand what us as parents are doing. That's absolutely. And like you said, this isn't this isn't a conversation where we're saying, okay, so we're going to give you the, you know, this rule book or this information so that you can run out and do this. No, this is. This is about them having the confidence to make informed choices. And, you know, I think all of us can attest to once we understand something, it's so much easier to make a decision than if you're like, well, gosh, you know, so-and-so in class said that if I do this, then that's all right, you know. And so then they run out and do it, and then they find out that that information was completely false. It just, it's, it's really sad that in 2020, we still have so many people repressed information-wise on this subject, especially when so much of society almost seems over-sexualized in its message. So, you know, we, we send all these messages to kids, but then yet we're saying, well, don't, you know, we're, we're not going to talk to you about it, but we're going to show you all of these images and really confuse you. So... What advice do you have for newbies and in even the, the veterans in the lifestyle on telling their kids? Like, what's, what's your go-to when someone says, what should I do? You know, the first thing I would say is be confident in the relationship that you have, that the relationship that you've fostered. You've taken, you've taken the time and energy to educate yourself. Uh, you've taken the time and energy to have strong communication with your partner, to have trust, uh, empathy, compersion, all of those those great emotional 
strongholds that are going to be so needed in a foundation of a relationship. Take all of that and, you know, show your kids the wonder of that and how amazing that is and how you got to that point. You know, this should be a point of celebration because you're letting your children know that this is how important your relationship is. This is how wonderful it can be when you're open and honest and transparent and you get to be authentic to who you are. You never feel like you have to sell yourself. You know, so come at it with a note of confidence and excitement about what it is that you're doing. If you come at it with like, oh, they're going to judge me or, uh, you know, maybe I'm not even quite sure if, if what I think I'm doing is okay. You know, I mean, you have to be okay with what you're doing. Yes. First and, and foremost. And then, you know, obviously, tailor make the conversation to fit, you know, the age in which you're going to have that conversation. And like, and like you said, Fox, sometimes it's easier for the boys to take that information from the father. But it's also super vital, I think, for the girls to hear the information from the father as well. Because then that way they kind of learn um, what maybe what to look for in in men. And the same for, for mom with the son, even if it makes their toes curl. You know, I think it's important that you know yeah, that yeah. boys know that girls aren't these passive or shouldn't be viewed as passive, nor should the girls view themselves as that either. You know, this is about this is about raising up confident generations of people that that are that are going to feel empowered. So, uh, so it's, I it's personally easy. am training our daughter to be a ninja assassin. So, um, <laughs> true, <yeah>. true story. <laughs> but you you bring up a great point that I want to add to. You also, is if you're considering talking to your children about the lifestyle or your polyamorous way or whatever you want to call it, because everyone likes to you know call it something different, which is I think where the term lifestyle comes from in the first place, because it's a lifestyle. I think it's extremely important that not only are you confident in your relationship, but understand that this conversation opens up communication, which is probably going to build further trust with your children, whether they agree with what you're doing or not. At least you're being honest and communicating with them. And so they feel like they're a part of something or part of you. And, and I think that's extremely important to understand as well. That is absolutely a great point, and that's paramount. Because I will point out, my six children, none of them are in the swinging lifestyle at this point in their life, nor may they ever be. But they value the relationship that I have. And like you said, the honesty that was produced as a result of that has enabled them to then call John or I and say, hey, I'm having this relationship issue or I'm having this female issue or this male issue or this curiosity. What does that mean? That's powerful when your kids can call you and feel comfortable enough to say, mom, this is what's going on. Because I know personally I wouldn't call my mother. I wouldn't. <laughs> right? Not at all. You wouldn't call your mom and say, no. hey, hey, mom, uh, no. Fox is letting me suck on other peepees? No. <laughs> no. Is that okay? No. I mean, I might do it. I'm one for shock value, so I might do it for shock value, but not for advice. So. Right, right. No, I, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm behind that comment 100. <laughs> percent So I think it's time to change that. I, I agree, and I think, and I hope that this is a step in the right direction to helping people. In it, like I said, if you're in the lifestyle or not, just have that communication with your children and be confident in what you say to them and just love your partner and show them the love that they deserve as well. So as we're wrapping up, talk to me about what new things are coming our way from your powerhouse. <laughs> I will I will tell you that uh, John's labor of love for the past, oh, probably five years is an app that we just launched. It's called neondating.com. It's very tenderish in its application, but it's geared more towards those in the lifestyle. Anyone can join it, but uh, a great feature about it is you can have a couple's profile, so that can help with couples that are looking for other couples or singles. We also have our uh, relaunch of our World Love Summit that is part of our Open Love 101, and that's where we've interviewed Gosh, I think it was 19 people. There are therapists or other prominent people in the lifestyle. We even touch on 
some BDSM. We even interviewed a, a woman that's a professional cuddler. So, I mean, we really kind of, uh, you know, yeah, she <laughs> goes the gamut of, of what what's out there. And so that's that's going to be released here in the next few weeks again. It's, it's a really great thing. And then, of course, you know, we've got the, the collect clubs.com and then the bang bang social club and then the open love 101.com and we're just we're always bringing new information weekly on that site we hope your followers will look into that whether it's on the open love site or our youtube absolutely well and 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 selfishly we we hope to to attend Oh. More than one of these events. Yes. And, and then possibly uh, maybe even talk about doing a live show, you know, on uh, we, ha- we have that up and coming. Um, we're designing a platform right now where we can go live on our website and, and listen to an event live. And I think that would be pretty exciting as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I thank you for taking your time to spend your morning with us and just sharing your, your knowledge and your love of the lifestyle with us. Well, Stephanie and Fox, I had a great time and I appreciate so much you guys asking me to join in on this conversation. I'm, I think it's an important one to have. Yes, absolutely. And we appreciate your knowledge and your profound impact. Yes. That you have had on this lifestyle in general. I mean, I think that the more accepting it becomes and, and, and the more fun it becomes, the more open people will become. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like we like to hang out in Austin a lot at this point because, you know, Austin's motto is what? Keep it weird. Yeah, keep and, it and weird. They have very little judgment. <laughs> and that's been awesome. Like you pretty much can do what you want down there and there's no questions. And that's been that's yeah, been a fantastic yeah. feeling. You know, instead of having to worry about the judgment of, oh, well, what are they doing? Well, wasn't she kissing him two seconds ago, but now she's holding his hand? What, what's going on over there? What's wrong with these people? Well, there's nothing wrong with us. We just understand our sexuality, and we know how to express it and celebrate it, and I'm sorry that you're missing out. Do you want to join us? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shouldn't we be applauding those couples that are doing whatever it takes to keep the relationship paramount. That's my view. I agree, especially yeah. with the divorce rate and separation. It's just, if you can no doubt. make it work, make it work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Well, Jack, before we, we end on a final note here, is there any other information that you want to put out for you and John? You know, like I said, just keep tuning in to, to you guys or us or whoever. You know, I guess I will also remind the audience that I do have a book, Swingers Lifestyle, The Questions You're Afraid to Ask, that's available on Amazon or on our openlove101.com site. And that's kind of a great way, if you're curious about the lifestyle, to maybe get a few questions answered on that journey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all of us just keep doing what we're doing and uh, showing the world that this is just very normal. It will help those that, that want to do something with their relationship as well. Absolutely. It goes along with my motto, love your sexuality, harbor your inner animal, let it out. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I just made it up. So now I got to run out and patent it real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it wild. Yeah. Yeah. Keep keep it it wild and love your roar. There we go. Look at that. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So... Not to be expressed and patented by Bobby Inc. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> well, Jackie, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for welcome. taking the time. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was freaking awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so fangirling right now. Are you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she is um, definitely a great person, but exactly what I want to do in life. That's exactly what you want to do. Yeah. She's doing it all. Oh, shoot. Well, I'm glad to know you have a new superhero girl crush. Yes. I think it's a powerful topic. It's a powerful... Well, it's an important life decision. You know, do you tell your children? Do you not? And if you do, how do you tell your children? You know, what's what's the best way to get through that process without damaging them or, you know, hurting them in some way? Because I think that's one of the biggest fears is they're going to find out. And then they're going to be hurt or they're going to think you're weird or... I think it's more they're going to think you're weird and you're going to, they're going to think you're... Oh, Well, I'm definitely weird. Well, that's so, true. That's just... Our kids know that though. But they're going to think that it's, it's not normal. You know, it's not what they've been taught. But that's what we've been teaching them is monogamy. Right. 
And so allowing them to see a different viewpoint of it safely and in, in an educated way, I think is, is paramount. Yeah. Well, and, and Jackie brought up a really good point where she said, you know, and, and I didn't even think about this until she brought that up is, are you doing this temporarily to try it out? Yeah. Or have you, have you been doing this and you've adopted this as your lifestyle? So because... is it your way of life or are you just dipping your toe in it? Right. Because if you're dipping your toe, then I think you should shut up. And don't tell them because you're, you're testing waters. Why bring up any potential problem or issue if it's just a temporary thing, mm-hmm. you know? But if this is your lifestyle or this is what you have adopted, well, then I think you, you definitely have a decision to make as a parent. Do or don't I? Or do or don't we? Well, there are there is a lot of research out there for polyamorous fami- families and are the kids okay and the research shows that the kids are fine. They adapt. They're not, most of them, from most of the children from polyamorous relationships decide to have monogamous relationships on their own, but they know that that's, and there's other choices, there's other options out there for them. But the children grow up to be healthy, stable, productive citizens in our world. They're not messed up. Right. Well, and I, and I think you, everyone needs to remember that our children, they're growing up in a different society where there's a lot more acceptability. There's pansexual. There's like there's all these new titles and there's all this new way of thinking. They are not growing up the way that we did. Even and no matter how we raise them, one of their major influences is is their you know who they come in contact with every day. You know they're they're not just their siblings, but their their co-parts, their cohorts. You know other trying to say the people in their school. Sure, well that too. Other other people in their school. You know, teachers are becoming younger and younger and they have a different outlook. You know, technology is another major influence, you know, book face and Instagram. And well, all that. the kids really aren't on Facebook, but they really are on. Is that for old people now? Yeah, it's for old people. So we're, you, you, are you calling you, us old? I'm, we are seasoned. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm, I am a fine steak. I am uh, a fine with, wine. With a really good rum. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm really good wine. Yeah. Um, just get better with age. But with the influencers that are transsexual, there are men who do makeup tutorials now. And right. it's they're just so conditioned to accept that it's just normal to them. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, and I know we've met a lot of our our kids' friends who come over to our home or they hang out and they're like, the response we always get is, you guys are so, uh, not to toot our horns, but we're very accepting. We yeah, allow we don't. a lot of things to happen. Not a lot of stuff bothers us. And we, they end up talking to us sometimes more than they do their own parents. And then, of course, we do the right thing. We, we contact the parents. Hey, you know, this is the conversation or the basis of it. You know, we well, don't. I have parents that call me and they're like, so my kid just asked me this and I don't know what to say to them. Right. And so I'll talk to the children or our daughter will come home from school and, oh, I love it when she's the myths. Oh my God. We should do a whole show about middle school myths about sex. Middle school myths. It is crazy. She'll come home and say some things and, and she knows it's not true, but she's like, and I had to educate them, mom. We can call it the 3M. The myriad of middle school myths. Myths. Mythicists. You're saying myths. It's myth. No, I know. I just do that on purpose. Oh. You know what? You don't understand my humor. You don't love me or like me. I don't care anymore. I quit. You done? Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. (laughs) Did you just call me out and tell me to stop being a punk? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you did. Stop having emotions. That's not what I expect out of you. I expect you to be very emotional. Just you not, expect me to have a hard penis and, and just and not a that body dramatic. and be able to cook. Oh my God, you can cook. This so. is what you uh, expect out of me. I, ladies, <clears throat> get a man who can cook. I will work all day long to come <laughs> home to this wonderful meal, and it is great. And make sure, gentlemen, that you ride a motorcycle because women, for some reason, get wet off of that. It could be the vibrations of the motorcycle, not necessarily. You've never even been on a motorcycle. Well, You've just, just been I've behind been me on a motorcycle. Oh. Well, many I'm, times. I'm glad another motorcycle could roar your engine. Huh. Oh. oh, I like that. <laughs> That's corny. Oh, my so God. So God. Well, <laughs> anyway, so back to our topic. Well, I, can I cut you off for a second? Absolutely. So, uh, uh-oh. Deep no, thoughts. No, I'm not going to do it. Deep <clears throat> because thoughts. Because if I do it, 
I'm going to say things that everyone is thinking and everyone's afraid to say, and then I'm going to be deemed a martyr or... So say it. They're going to go, oh my God, that guy, Fox, he has problems. Well, and I have a lot of problems. So oh, say gosh. it. <clears throat> the buildup is killing me now. I mean, so what do you do? You just walk in the room and go, hey kids, I let mom suck another penis? Oh. I mean, is no. that what you do? No. <laughs> if you do that... No, pl- please tell me that's not how you did. I did not. That's okay. not how I did it at all. But, so, so what I did is... And for the record, I was not home when he did this. Yeah. So, I, I went into his room, right? And I didn't do the, hey, son, sit down thing. I just said, hey, I want to talk to you real quick. First, here is Pornhub, I think is what I told him to go to. Don't go on these other sites because they have a lot of attacks and viruses and I don't want to fix your computer. By the way, I bought you a year subscription or something something to that effect. And I said, hey, take a seat. <laughs> oh, then you did the take a seat. I did. I said, hey, take a seat. And he's like, uh-huh. And he gave me that look. Because he probably <clears throat> thought he was in trouble. No, he didn't think he was in trouble at all. No, not at all. We had just got done uh, playing some video game together. Like I went to the restroom. Then I decided I'm going to do this now. Screw it. So then I said, hey, I need to talk to you about a couple things. And this, I, this is when I told him that I had done Playboy TV. Which he, had, <clears throat> which he admitted to us later that he had already found. In... Like two or three months before I had yeah. this conversation. But, so I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to tell him. He knows he'll never watch the show. It's no big deal. <clears throat> nope, <laughs> not at all. But, but granted, he did not disclose this to me till years later. Which, yes. okay, great. So I had this conversation with him. Hey, this is what I've done. And then the first question was, well, why? You mean that you had sex with another woman? I did. And she had sex with another man? Yes. Why? And, and I didn't lie to him. I said, because it's fun. And we're, we have an animalistic side to us. And, you know, a- a- anyway, I'm not going to get too deep into the woods on that. But I just told him the absolute blatant truth. Didn't edit anything, didn't hold back. And then I explained to him, you know, this is just one option. This doesn't mean you have to do it. This is something that dad has decided to do. I and he doesn't. It. He And he'll tell you. He oh, doesn't. he'll tell you straight out. That's I, not something not, he's interested yeah, in. I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to share my partner. And I'm like, great, awesome. If you ever change your mind, let me know. And, and we'll discuss it. But into his college years, he has still shown no interest, which is fine. But we have a very open dialogue. He's so different than you. He is very different than me. I'm. He's very reserved, and I'm not. <laughs> so, At all. Uh, I'm a little wild, and 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 he's not. Now, he is the same where he has a lot of assassination, you know, type feelings. That was so <clears throat> sexy what you just did. Oh, I wish it? you could have seen yeah, his no. gesture. <laughs> we're not doing that anyway. Wow. So we're gonna move past that, not to embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> So, so then when I talked to the daughter about it, I just said, hey, take a seat. You're at that age now, right? And I waited for a couple key things, you know, signs that it was going to be okay to have that conversation because she's only 13. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, is this a really good idea? Well, with us, and, and I just did this a week ago. Yeah. This literally happened a week ago. While I was at work. <clears throat> while you were at work. And I said, you know what? She she needs to know because we're doing the show now and we're we're getting more public about this and I don't want her to come to us and go, What in the hell? You know, and I and I don't want her to, to have felt awkward about it. So I just sat her down and I said, Okay, well the first thing I need to tell you is I was on Playboy. <laughs> and she looked at me and she goes, No kidding. Like I am not surprised. <laughs> Yeah. So, well. so that was a relief. And I said, well, what, did you know that? Or did you? She goes, no, I didn't know that. But with the way that you are and mom is, like, this doesn't surprise me. Well, <clears throat> she already knows that I'm bisexual. Right. No, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. You, you've talked to her about that for years now. So, and then I told her, hey, so now that you're okay with knowing that, uh, I need to talk to you about something else. And, and I told her that. I said, you know, you know, you know, your mother's bisexual. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well. We enjoy other people coming into our bedroom and you need to know that because you're about to hear a lot of that. Or if you come across it by accident, we're going to be talking about it. Can we, can we verify that we don't play when she's here? 
You well, just said she's no, going to hear a lot weird. of weird. No, not like they're going to. I mean, we oh just need gosh. to clarify. <clears throat> no, I'm not saying that we're going to bring you over and she's going to hear. I meant because of the show. I just wanted to clarify <laughs> so we don't get okay. emails. Yeah, the last me. thing I need. To, oh, my gosh. No, something's wrong with you. <laughs> I, it's me. I am the one clarifying <clears throat> That we do not play when the yes, children daughter, are here. Yes, come on in and oh, listen. Oh, Lord hey, Jesus. What kind of weird nonsense I, are you talking about? <laughs> no. Anyway, we're moving on from that because <laughs> it's already getting a little weird. So her response, she goes, well, what do you mean by share? That was that was the immediate question. And I said, we sexually share each other and we're okay with it. And she literally smiled and went, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like, was I supposed to be surprised? And I go, no, I guess not. I said, so you're good? You have any questions? She's like, no, I already know you guys are crazy. And then that was it. Like, literally. I was like, cool. So we're good. She said, yep. I gave her a hug. Uh, and I said, does it make you feel uncomfortable or, or anything? And she goes, no, why would it? And then that was it. So I think because we have been so open with the both of them, it was a lot more fluid of a conversation and more open. And there wasn't a whole lot of shock value I would have made it so awkward. You because you, you do make it awkward for her, which is why she she talks to me and not you. I can't you. help it. But vice versa. So where my son and I used to be extremely close, and we still are when it comes to like the dark things. Because y'all are all weird. <laughs> sure, but we used to be extremely close. Um, to where now there's this transition, mm-hmm. right? Where he is more comfortable with you now, talking about. The girl guy stuff. Yep. And and she's more comfortable talking to me. Which, it I guess it's a give and take. But, you know, being a mom to a girl, you want them to come to you. So it's, it's definitely been a, a transition and an adjustment. Because it's hard for me to know that she goes to you and not to me now. Yeah, I, I get that. But I also think it's smart for her to understand that it's not just women she can talk to. Oh, absolutely. That, that, it's, this is totally my own problem. So, so this is selfish. This is selfish. Oh, this okay. is me. This, I mean, and I 100% admit that. Being who I am, you know, I want to be the one that she always comes to. But I'm having to hand those reins over. Actually share them. I'm not handing them over. Yeah, so you're not really handing them I'm over. I'm sharing. And that's... <clears throat> there you go. You're... You're sharing, baby. I'm sharing. (laughs) That's been different because she does look up to you and she does come to you and talk to you about things that she would never talk to me about. True. And it breaks my heart because I thought we had, I thought I had that open communication with her, but it was. Well, you do. You do have the open, but, but it's just different. It is different. And I think she's looking, she's, she's turning that age where she wants male attention and she needs that. Positive male influence? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that is what's happening. So, for instance, we went to Target the other day to go shop for jeans. Yes, because she's hit a growth spurt. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so last summer, she, she leaves on a trip. To go to Alaska. Uh, yep. And she comes back with... A full-grown woman body. Figure. Yeah. I just a... want to know what in the hell is in that Alaskan water. She, came, it... she came home with boobs in the butt. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. And, yeah. And just what is in that Alaskan water? So initially it was awkward for her because she wasn't used to it. Oh, she was yeah. afraid of it. She's like, oh my gosh, what happened to my body? I don't like she it. She kept, she would just like. Layers and layers of clothes. Yes. But, and then she would like yeah. lay down on something just like on the couch. She would flop down on the couch and be like, oh, that hurt. Well, yep, yep that hurts. Yep. She's learning. Because um, that's there now. But now she's at a point. So we go shopping for jeans. And she's not the most fashionist, fashionista type. She takes after her mother. It's comfortable. We wear it. Well, she loves she loves other things. Yeah, she loves rodeo. She loves you know jumping in mud, going hiking. Like she's a tomboy. Yeah, she definitely has tomboy qualities. Just like her mama. She is finally getting into that. I want to look cute. Yes. You know, I and and she's embracing her body. Yes, she is. So the first thing, we go to the jeans aisle, and I'm like, well, what size are you? And we figure out what size she is. And then I'm like, well, what kind of jeans do you want to wear? And her immediate response, oh, I only do boot cut. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because she was wearing skinny jeans. And I'm like, well, you're wearing skinny jeans. Do you like them? She goes, well, yeah. 
I go, why do you like them? Well, I don't know. I said, you do know. Because it shows your butt. Yeah. So, well, I asked her, I said, what are you trying, what's your agenda here with these clothes? She's like, well, and she got real low and she's like, well, I want to look cute. I was like, okay, so there you go. So we're going to look for things that enhance, right, your body and its figure and make you believe and think and, and, and not believe and think, make okay. you feel. Okay, feel. Sorry. Believe and think is too. I'm make sorry. I don't feel. know all the right words. I apologize. Make you feel beautiful or attractive, right? And I said, who who are you trying to look cute for? And she said, the greatest name, me. I don't care about dumb boys. I go, yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, so maybe I have done something right in yeah, my you, lifetime. Yeah, you see, so so there you go. And. And I want that long, drawn-out story to explain to you. You've done a great job. So so don't worry about it. So she talks to me about other stuff. Big deal. Yeah. So I mean, he talks to you about stuff. He that, does. That he doesn't talk it's to me about take. anymore. So. So, so I think, you know, it's important for everyone to understand that's listening, you know, as a parent. If, if you have this life decision or this choice you're going to make, make it. You know, make it. Decide what's best for you. I think you should be bold. Be bold in your choices. Well, be bold in your choices, but maybe not your words. Because not everyone's the same. Well, I mean, no. I'm talking about if you're going to make the decision, be bold and make the decision. And have the conversations, the age-appropriate conversations. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely have age-appropriate conversations. Make bold choices. And be who you want to be. My, I tell every client, live your best life. Let me help you. Live your best life, whatever that looks like to you. You know, I, I so I got to interject with something real quick <clears throat> because I actually hate that term. Be your best self, live your best but life. Live your best life. <laughs> I get it. Look, I completely get uh. it. it. It's it's a it's a movement now. It's a it's a term everyone's grabbing onto, and I and I get it. It's supposed to support you and build you up. But really, I mean, it's just so corny. Be your best self. Live your best life. How about do what the hell you want to do because you want to do it and don't be concerned about what other people think. Because sometimes doing what you want to do is not living your best life. Explain. Oh, well, like if I... Okay. I want to go out and drink drink every night of the week. That's not me living my best life. So living my but best... But it's fun as hell. Maybe. But, but it's fun. It, to you, that is. <laughs> To me, it used to be, but it is not living my best life because I'm not going to be productive and happy with myself. And so, no, I choose to use my term. It's better. Okay. I, I will have to believe your your educated therapist mind. Mm. So one thing that... <laughs> Go ahead. I just think it's corny. That's all I'm going to say. And you say some really corny stuff. Oh, I say real dumb stuff Evident, all the time. Evidence. A, B, and C from earlier. Yeah. Okay. True. So one thing that I do want to just quickly talk about is that I am an alternative relationship specialist. And so I work with people who are in alternative relationships and alternative lifestyles. So I am accepting new couples. If you are interested, please reach out to us at our email and we can definitely work together. My goal is to help couples navigate the lifestyle, whatever the lifestyle means to you and Live your best life in the lifestyle. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> you're Why don't you say it with confidence? Well, <laughs> and live your best life. There you go. In the lifestyle, whatever lifestyle you choose. Do you just really knew knew me yeah, like, I did. like a little kid? I did. Oh, man. That's twice in this one podcast I've you done have, that. I'm telling you. So so explain what is a professional. What what do I do? Yeah. What do you do? Like, what do you, what do you mean you're an alternative relationship specialist? So I am a... Licensed mental health professional. I also have my national counseling certification and I have a sex coach practice as well that I work with the alternative lifestyle couples and uh, couples who need help navigating the swinging lifestyle. So when you say sex coach, I always think like someone comes into your bedroom with your partner with a whistle and a coach uniform. And <laughs> yes. like, Come on, get it done, boy. Yes. Yeah, get some. That move is to left, move so to left. me, yes. Show coach you're giving 110%. No. Yes. Is that no, nice? no, we... <laughs> did I get you with that one? Yes, you did. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, that's what I'm doing right now. Eighty short shorts that's, and I'm imagining long white you socks with a red hat with, with a whistle. Can you wear that outfit? I, I can. That would be amazing. You, you know what? The next time there's a theme party, I, I'm going to be Photos the, to come, the people. sex coach. Yes. yes. Um, no, I don't go into their bedroom and coach them on that. Well, that's boring. Well, yeah, it is. But we do work through everyday problems that they're experiencing as a couple 
and as uh, in, in the lifestyle. So if they are new to swinging or if they are veterans in swinging and they just have some communication issues or don't really know how to tell their partner exactly what they want, we work through all of that. What if they want to know more about themselves and their sexuality? Ooh, that's deep. We work all through that. I like to go deep. I know you like to go deep. <laughs> yeah, like um, we go all through learning more about themselves and the if there's any sexual discordance, how we can work with that, and just all kinds of fun stuff. So it would be fair to say that you are a professional. you like what i did there oh boy your puns today you're punny i know i'm funny but yeah that's it anyhow so i I think if you are struggling as a parent with whether or not you tell your kids or not right Mm -hmm. and how or if you do it there's obviously a couple different things you need to consider consider age maturity and knowledge of your children Right. Absolutely. Consider what type of relationship you have. That's what I was just about to say. Your relationship status with your child. And then consider, are they knowledgeable and confident in their own sexuality? Right. Maturity wise. Yeah. But I also think that they need to understand their own sexuality too before you start telling them your sexuality, right? Well, kids don't know their sexuality. I I disagree with that statement because they are at that age, they are still experimenting and they don't know what they like or what they want. And so, if you ask... Hustler and Playboy magazine and a Sears bra catalog when I was young told me exactly what I wanted. Well, I'm so glad (laughs) that... um, I'm pretty confident in that. (laughs) That you are one of the confident ones, but that's few and far between. All right. Well, I feel like it's time for us to start wrapping up. We've had a great show this afternoon. Or wrap it up for safety. Always wear protection. But, so, tell everybody where they can find us. Well, you can find us at kinkycoach.webs.com, and coach is with a K. Kinky Coach. Yep. Uh, You can find all our media platforms on there and all the information about us. Uh, We are also on SLS Radio and then SLS as Luna and Logan. But really, just go to our website. And it'll tell you all the information you know. All right, guys, we're wrapping it up, and we're going to get on out of here. I hope that you were mildly educated. And turned on to the nth degree. You are listening to the Kinky Coach Podcast with Stephanie and Fox.